And welcome to Gleam and the Geek. And then there was one. Our episode. last, I suspect, our last pre-clinch episode <laughs> I, of the season. I would, I would hope so. It's, it's certainly our last pre-clinch free yeah. episode of the season. Uh, we should mention, if you want to uh, get even more Gleam and the Geek, you can always check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Gleeman, where we will, on Monday, talking about the clinching and Aaron being soaked in champagne. And yeah. uh, beer, beer I don't think they'll waste the champagne on me. It'll probably be the high life or whatever. Right. Miller Lite. Uh, and John also probably being soaked in champagne, but not by the twins, just from chucking champagne. from a Friday night. That's just a Friday night in this bonus household. Exactly you right. guys get wild with it. Yeah. A lot of things very similar. I come in here and you guys have all the walls covered in like plastic tarps. Yeah, it's very yeah. weird. I wonder yeah, yeah. what goes on. But I don't want to ask too many questions. No, you do not. Because I really don't want the answers. Uh, yeah, the Twins Magic Number, we're recording this at uh, 9, 9 a.m. Friday morning, as mm-hmm. we usually do. And the Twins Magic Number is one. It got a little... Uh, more complicated than it had been in terms of figuring out the clinch scenarios just because Cleveland has been so bad that, that they've dropped caught them. to Detroit's level. <laughs> yeah, right. And then that means that the magic number doesn't change. Right. Uh, but it means that, for instance, the Twins had yesterday off, Thursday off, right. which was odd, and Cleveland and Detroit both played with the magic number at one. Now, Three days earlier, we thought, well, if Cleveland loses that game, the Twins will clinch, weirdly, anticlimactically, on their off day. But because they dropped to the same level as Detroit, to get that one would have required actually two losses, which is Cleveland needed to lose to eliminate themselves, and then Detroit would have needed to lose last night. You have a a magic number with... Every team. Yes, it's, it's a different magic number with every team, except this time, and you're the only one you ever pay attention to is the one that's the closest, closest to one, you, right? right? But this time, we've got a magic number of one with Cleveland, and we've got a magic number of one with Detroit. Right. And as a result, if the Twins win, both magic numbers drop one more, and then it's zero. Or if the Twins lose tonight, alternately, uh, Cleveland and Detroit would both have to right. lose to drop both of those it's numbers just, to zero. It's annoying is all it is, really. It's just like... <laughs> well, a, especially because Detroit's playing on the West Coast. Yeah, they, Detroit played Oakland. Uh, Cleveland won uh, at like, you know, 9 p.m. or something. Right, yes. And then, although they, they tried not to, they blew a lead, and then but they came back and won. <laughs> uh, and once that happened, then the Twins knew they weren't going to clinch last night, right. which... You know, you want to clinch, I guess, just get it done so that there's you eliminate any possibility of, right. you know, you go 0 and 9 down this. I mean, who knows? There's a point zero 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 point, you know, percent chance or whatever. But, you know, I think it's if you're going to if you know you're going to clinch and realistically, they know they're going to clinch. It's not up for really uh, debate. You'd rather do it at home. Sure. Right. I yeah. mean, why not? It's yeah. a it's a fun thing. Uh, not only can I suspect there'll be a decent crowd there tonight. Uh, or more than there would have been, you know, in, for a normal Angels game at this point on a Friday night. And everybody can see, hopefully, it'd be nice to clinch with a win also. Right, right. Uh, you get to celebrate. And, and if they don't clinch with a win. Yeah, then it's th- going to be tricky because, once again, <laughs> Detroit, Detroit is on the West game, Coast. Right. And so I'm very curious to see what happens if the Twins were to just randomly lose today. I, I mean, think you're going to be up past your bedtime. I, I think I'm going to not care. I think Dan's <laughs> in town and Dan's going to... Have a lovely time sitting in that press box until midnight. I will be uh, fast asleep. Um, but yeah, so the, it gets a little tricky. But 
they can make it a moot point by just winning tonight. Right, exactly. uh, the moment the Twins win, they clinch. That's the one in the magic number of one. I can post my Junior <laughs> Ortiz picture and close down that file on my uh, computer for ne- until next season. And uh, Ho- we can hopefully next season. <laughs> Yeah, well, a magic number. I just mean the magic number. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, we'll care about a magic number next year. yeah. (laughs) Until a future season. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, that's – and also the the Guardians, beyond just getting swept in Kansas City and generally not playing well for (laughs) eh, five months now, um, they basically waved the white flag in an even bigger way beyond just their on-field performance – by waving, they waved the white flag by waving uh, Matt Moore, who was a lefty reliever that they claimed off waivers. One of the three guys they got a month from ago the Angels, yeah, from right. the Angels. Right. Uh, they got Ronaldo Lopez and Matt Moore relievers, and then uh, Lucas Giolito, a starting pitcher. And you know the reason they did that, they sort of jumped the line. They because they had a below five hundred record at the time and still do. They kind of they had waiver priority over all the real contenders, right. and I think at that point their playoff odds were like eight percent. I know it was single digits right. at that point. The Twins were ninety something percent, and we talked at the time. Yeah, we'll give them a little credit for at least spending a couple million bucks when they really didn't have to, and give it one last you know death rattle shot right. at this thing. Now it runs counter to what they did at the trade deadline, which is when they shed payroll and traded their shortstop and a starting pitcher and their DH. But you know whatever. Then it turns out, well, those three additions didn't really help them. I mean, Lopez has been getting quite good. Right. Giolito's been terrible, including right. his first start. That was basically the division right, right. there. That's he gives right. up nine runs against the Twins. Uh, but, and Moore's been, you know, fine, but it, they made no real positive impact collectively as the th- of the three. And then for whatever reason, I suspect just to save, I don't know, $400,000 or whatever his remaining salary is. Uh, the Guardians just waived him with like two weeks left. He's not even eligible for the playoffs, obviously. The Marlins claimed him, and I'll give the Marlins credit because they've been known as a cheap organization right. too. They paid 400000 for two weeks of a reliever that they couldn't even use in the in the playoffs just to try to get a, but, I mean, a wild card if, spot. Listen, if you want to get a good reliever, yeah, this man. is the time to get a Why good not? reliever. Why not? So yeah, high, These are high-leverage games, uh, <laughs> and he's a high-leverage reliever. I know it's it's easy to kick a rival when they're down. And, and so we will a little and bit. And so I will. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and a lesser man or a better man would uh, not, but I'm not a better man. Uh, but it's, I wonder if they wave, think about waving Lopez. Or, yeah, I don't I would, know why. I, they, I, I would suggest they could all, or, or, or Giolito. I'm not sure that anybody would pick up Giolito. Like nobody would actually yeah, pick it up. To me, it's weird. Why only Moore? I haven't seen anything. Right. I, mean, I mean, maybe that's been reported. I wonder if Matt Moore was like, can I leave? Like this right. is I don't I'm not interested in this. What are we doing? Right. Um, I don't know him as a personality, so I have no clue if that's what happened. But uh it's you know, for as bad as the twins collapse was last year, and believe me, we uh we podcasted we documented through it. it, yeah. It was it was bad. Cleveland's has been almost as bad on the field, and then I would argue this is like embarrassing. And also Francona's clearly retiring even though he won't say it. And so this is his send off is a team that just had no fight in it whatsoever. And the front office traded three guys at the deadline and then they wa- they claimed guys and then yeah. they waved them. And it's like, and I mean, they've had some injuries. But not like the Twins had injuries last year. I mean, not they, like they lost Bieber and McKenzie. Right. They haven't had the, the number of injuries, but right. the, they've had know, some high, yeah, high, high end guys. Bieber's back today, I think, which, uh, oh, welcome funny. back, buddy. <laughs> you guys are about to lose the division. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, it's it's a rough way to for Cleveland to. Is Bieber going to start the game for them today? I don't know. I know he's just being <laughs> activated. From okay. the, he might. Uh, 
I mean, I don't know why you'd activate it before he actually is going to start. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not literally today. I just saw the thing. Okay, He's coming okay. back off the aisle. He's okay. been out since June, I want to say, something <laughs> like that. Uh, so the wild card picture then is, uh, I mean, it's okay. So two things are, well, the, the magic number is still one. So technically the division is still in play. Fever is starting today. Yeah. So he, <laughs> there you go, buddy. You can lose wow. the, it's probably not going to matter. Well, I, I think if the twins just win. Right. But, uh-huh. um, the, so let's, we can be done with Cleveland. We don't have to think about them till. What next, about the Tigers, though? Next spring. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to break down the Tigers' moves? No, I don't. Weigh all those moves, all those big high-impact moves. Uh, but the two things that now become of interest, obviously, one that's been of interest is who are the Twins going to play in the first round? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the sixth seed? Who's the third yeah. wild card, which is the sixth <laughs> overall seed? And we've been saying now for roughly three weeks, give it another week, and then it'll – clear itself up and we can actually start to compare and contrast it is not clearing itself it's up. not clearing itself up at all it's muddier than it's ever been all four teams now i believe are within a game of each other i think that's right uh houston's they're, up they're all within half a game of each other right they're yeah. all within half a game of each other right. houston is ahead of seattle and t- texas in the western division by, by a half, half game and toronto is tied with houston right <laughs> so we have no clue how that's going to work out. And right. eventually, like this time next week, if it's still the same way, we'll just talk about all four teams. I would like to only talk about, let's say, two teams or ideally one team. Right. Uh, but we'll figure that out. But it's interesting in that then from that, because Houston is only a half game up and they've been really kind of slumping yeah, here or at least kind of limp into yeah, the finish right. line. I just assume they would take control of the right. division once they got up by a couple games a few weeks ago, but they haven't. Well, then it's like, well, could the Twins actually get the number two seed and get a bye? Did you see my thread on this? Yes, I did. And also, Doe, I'm going to read you a text from Doe. I I love this. Doe, who's an even bigger nerd probably than you, he he presents less nerdy than you. Well, that's that's true. He doesn't wear it out of sleep. Right, because he's young and good looking. (laughs) So he seems like he's not. good haircut now. Yeah, he's got like a full head of good hair. (laughs) And he wears like, you know, somewhat stylish clothing. Yeah, he doesn't have the dad nerd vibe. Um, yeah, I don't have it. But he emailed. The, I can't find it. But he, we had too many texts last night talking about that <laughs> Cleveland and, and. But he basically he texts the the all the other beat writers, and he says, "I've been working on a spreadsheet." Which he's the king of spreadsheets. <laughs> he has more spreadsheets than you and me combined, yes. which I never thought yes. possible. And he says, "I've been working on a spreadsheet of all the AL West possibilities." <laughs> like he literally mapped out every outcome of every yeah. remaining game and how the Twins. What the twins would have to do because the the tricky part of I did this in 2020. <laughs> yes. So he sent us the spreadsheet, and then everyone in the group chat just went, "Go away, you nerd!" <laughs> Nobody was interested. Do I tell him send me the spreadsheet. Yeah. Okay, fine. Honest to God, no. But we were like, "Yeah, who 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 else cares about that spreadsheet other than me?" And he's, here's he's sending it to you guys to annoy you. If he sent it to me, I'd be like, "Oh, yeah." Well, you guys can nerd out <laughs> together. And I said after he laid out all the scenarios and he showed his work and he did all this and he said, "You know, I've concluded it's really unlikely." And I said. <laughs> Well, yeah, Fangraphs has him at point three for percent. Yeah, yeah, I could have saved you the time on that. Yeah, exactly. Was, right. No, but it was for my own edification. Yeah. I really well, that's wanted. What, that's why I did it because I, I did the same thing. Like somebody was uh, posting, you know, that the Twins were four games back of Houston, and I know they have the tiebreaker versus right. Houston, but right? it's not as easy but, as but, that. But yeah, two weeks ago we took a look at it as well and said. Yeah, the problem is, is that there's also two other teams right. that said, well, we we're kind of working through it. And I said, I wonder if that's changed at all. So I went through and took a look no. at what the factors are. And that there's two bad factors, right? The first is 
that while, yeah, Houston is four games ahead, uh, Seattle and Texas are both three games right. ahead. People right? always underestimate, whether it's within your own division right. or just looking at a playoff picture in general like this, the impact of multiple teams being ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Because people always look at the team at the top right. and go, well, we're only three games behind them yeah. with and, and play. And implicit in that that we only have to catch that team is right. w- either we're going to get on fire or they're going to fit flail. Right. But or when both. there are three, three teams, teams ahead, of you, ahead of you, you're looking for three teams to flail. And the second problem is right. those three teams are playing each other over right. the next nine games. Yeah. Seattle only faces Texas and Houston the rest of the way. Right. And, and, so, Texas and Houston also face each other during that time. So of the 29 games those two teams have left, those three teams have left, like 20, 20 of them right. are versus each other. Right. right. And so you can't have... Uh, three teams. It's hard to have three teams flail right. because when one team flails, the other one's going to pick up games. Right, exactly. It's, and so I, I think, well, what it turns out is you can either look at Doe. By the way, when I say Doe, I realize we we, we treat a lot of people like their character, <laughs> characters on the Doe show. Doe Young Park, the, yeah, the, the beat writer for the MLB.com. MLB. Uh, right, yes. Um, you can either look through all his scenarios or you can just go on Fangraphs or Baseball Reference and right. see 0.3%. And I don't want to like stop people from right. scoreboard watching the AL West teams and right. stuff. Go ahead. If it was just Houston, I guarantee you Fangraphs would have it at a lot less than 0.3%. But what Fangraphs, does, yeah. Yeah, what, what Fangraphs does is actually plays out the yes. season like a thousand times yes. and you know, kind of assigns probabilities of this sort of thing happening. And the problem is just you've got to thread a terrific needle. First of all, the minimum the Twins can go is seven and two over those last nine games. Well, for this to even be for, any right. possibility, and right. even then, there's like one scenario where that right. happens. Like the problem 20, is you, 29 half to games right. have to break exactly right because they play each other, <laughs> right? And because the Twins don't hold the tiebreaker over all of them, mm-hmm. so the tie with yeah, them, they, would, yeah, they have the tiebreaker versus Houston and Texas, but not versus right. Seattle. You right. need not just the win total to end up a certain way, right. but you need them to get there in a specific way. Right. And so you need not just, oh, this team needs to go three and six while the Twins go seven and two or whatever right. it is, but you need them to go three and six, but those three have to be specific wins right. and those six have to be specific losses. And so you add all that up. But, you know, it's it's fine to pay it, attention it, yeah, to it. I'm not telling right. you you can't do <laughs> right. that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a... A one percent scenario out there. Plan on uh, being at Target Field or watching the Twins on TV on October third. On October third, I'm going to guess it's about 11 a.m., but I don't know that. But plan on going to a pregame party at the Poor House before October third. I will just give you guys. I'll not be doing that. (laughs) I will. uh, I have not put those details out there. I will probably put the details out there Monday, but I will just give you guys a heads up. We are going to be doing Twins Daily is going to be doing some pregame parties with. with can't, uh, lots of fun activities. I can't wait to see that crew at about 7.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning oh, pregame. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. So, you know, what, you know what's good for uh, morning pregame parties? Jello shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smart. <laughs> smart. Always, yeah. Jello's healthy for you, right? Sure. It's always room for Jello. And then if you do like... Potato vodka, that's got like starches and stuff. Sure, <laughs> it's got starches. I don't know. What else is potato got in it? Uh, kind of like hash browns. Yeah, it's right. It's like a breakfast. It's really like a breakfast burrito exactly. in a lot of ways. Right. It's like having jam on a on a breakfast Yeah, that's right. <laughs> really, if you break it down. Um, so the Twins are at 81 wins right now with nine games left. Those nine games are the Angels, who have just completely gone in the tank. No Trout, no Otani. Right. They waived half their roster. They're doing shenanigans with the roster to and try to get... somehow they swept Cleveland. 
Did they sweep Cleveland? Three out of four from Cleveland. Was three out of four? Yeah, yeah all right. Um, so the, it's Angels here for three. Oakland A's here for three, which Oakland's been the worst or second worst team in baseball right. the whole season. Yes. And then the. And who Detroit's facing right now. Right. Uh, and then the final series of the season, annoyingly, is a one off three game road trip to Colorado to face the Rockies, who are, the, I believe, the worst team in the National League and have been all season. <laughs> so that's about as easy. I mean, that is almost literally as easy a schedule as you could finish with in right. terms of nine games. And it's so, it's so easy. We didn't think the Angels would be quite this bad, but I certainly didn't think the Angels would be good. Oakland and Colorado were projected to be terrible, right. and they're terrible. Yes. It's such a... I just look, Colorado's 10 and a half games worse than St. Louis, who's the second worst team in yeah. the National League. The NL is much less uh, <laughs> stratified, I guess. I mean, that's bad. Yeah. Col- I mean, Colorado's just it's terrible. Killing me. I, it's killing me we're not going to Colorado. But so, it's such an easy final stretch that we, as soon as the schedule came out, like last winter or whatever... right. Uh, or even last end of the season, we were like, oh, wow, that is interesting in a couple ways. Right. One, the Twins don't finish with any Central teams. Right. And then their last matchup against Central teams was that series in Chicago, which was yeah, that's what, true. 15 games ago, out of the, yeah. you know, till the end, which yeah. is very odd. And last then they weekend, finish yeah. with a National League team, which is very odd. They've played a lot of National League well, teams. Well, at the time, we thought Cincinnati was going to be pretty bad, too. So true, <laughs> Cincinnati yeah. looked like they were oh, also in that stretch. It looked stretch. like the Mets were going to be pretty good and the White Sox were going to yeah, be pretty good. That's right, yeah. So the end schedule. Right. Uh, but we saw this, and this is part of the reason that even when the Twins at the All-Star break or early in the second half were – kind of back and forth with Cleveland and not looking great in terms of like playoff odds. We kept saying if they can get to mid September, they're not going to get passed from behind or even, you know, uh, equal. Right. Like they're not, Cleveland is not, or whoever is not going to surge ahead because this is as easy a schedule as you can drop. Well, it's been a moot point, obviously, because right. Cleveland, it's not catching anybody. <laughs> I was going to make a STD <laughs> joke. Be, yeah, I, I won't. To, I was about to go. The I have same some more way. class than that, <laughs> and also I couldn't think of a great joke to make, so I won't. Uh, but it does make it interesting for a team that has really nothing to play for here, the Twins, other than just try to get as healthy as you can, which we're going to spend a lot of time talking about because that is the the dominant storyline yet again for the 400th consecutive week. It's injury updates. But <laughs> you know, if you if this stretch were Games they needed to win, I would say six and three is probably a decent projection here. In which case, you end up with eighty-seven wins. But I don't. They might get real weird, especially with like the pitching in Colorado. I don't know that we're going to see you know much of anything. I think we're going to see some tryouts basically Mm -hmm. for Chris Paddock and whoever. Right. Um, You know, you might see. Bailey Ober start a game or something, but you're not going to see anybody that they're going to want to pitch in the playoffs start messing around in Colorado, maybe the first game of that series, but not the last two games of that series. So who knows? I mean, they can beat these teams with their B or C squads, obviously, and there's only 28 guys on the roster, so it's not like right. you can pull up the whole Saints roster for this thing or anything. But uh, it, it would be nice just from a sort of, uh, I don't know, fandom morale standpoint, if the Twins could, let's say, finish with the same win total as the last wild card team, uh, you know what I mean. Or, or sure. let me put it this way: they don't even need to do that. Finish with more wins than a fourth wild card team would have finished with, <laughs> well, so that you can at least say yeah, six teams made the playoffs and they had one of the top six win totals in the American League. I guess you know what I mean. So that the the division, well, the division did aid their win total. If you really want to get technical about it, it'd be nice to 
finish with one of the top six records, or at least tied for one of the top six records in a league where six make the playoffs. Sure. Just from a, well, you know, let's say the Blue Jays missed the playoffs, but they had two more wins than the Twins, and then you just got to hear about that. It'd be nice. I think that's within reason as a as a possibility. Um, but, you know, they're... Two, I think two or three wins behind everyone in that quest. Although, like right. you said, the schedules for those teams get kind of. I mean, they're nine games over five hundred now. They go six and three. They finish twelve games over five hundred. That's be eighty-seven. Yeah, eighty-seven wins. It's a little more. Reasonable. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a normal total under this playoff format to make the to make the sauce. Playoff. Just cares that they get three more. Beat the uh, beat the over. They're going to hit the 80, over. Eighty-three and a half. They got to go yeah. at least three and six over I'm, these last I'm nine. I'm confident games. of that. I, I think they'll get to that, that before too. they get to the road trip or the last. Before they get to Colorado? Yeah. I mean, they'll win three of the next six. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Let's see. I had one of their. Oh, Rocco Baldelli, his wife, uh, Allie, had the twin baby boys named Nino and Enzo Baldelli. Uh, Seems like they're all doing well. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be back tonight managing, but I don't know that for sure. Right. Uh, Jace Tingler obviously managed this last uh, road trip. you know, I I would tell him if we were just you know <laughs> sitting at a bar stool somewhere. Feel free to stay home for a few more days. It does, these games don't matter. He probably wants to be around for the clinch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. True. Yeah, that's a fair point. He's gonna be he's gonna be there tonight. Yeah, he might need a, a beer or two after <laughs> what I'm assuming he's seen and done over the last uh, week or so. But and his well, his wife might need a beer or two too. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So yeah, that's uh, that's where he's at, and then. You mentioned this, but before we uh, before we start with the news and notes section of the show, uh, we would kind of John and I were uh, talking about what you know playoff stuff and planning out some how are we going to handle post game episodes on the Patreon and all this. I mean, we're definitely going to do at least an episode after every playoff game. I would think so. Like either if it's a day game, we'll certainly do it that night. Right. If it's a night game, we'll either do it very, super late night yeah, or very early, early in the next morning. morning. Yep. You know, we might we're gonna have some extra preview episodes probably once again, assuming we get an idea at some point <laughs> who they're gonna play. Right. Uh it's all on Patreon. Uh it's exclusive to Patreon supporters slash subscribers. It's P A T R E O N Patreon.com slash Gleeman. When we put out a new episode, you'll be billed one dollar. If we yes. don't put out an episode on a day or a week or a month, you don't get billed. You only get billed when new episodes come out. Correct. You can cancel any time. You can join us for this little stretch run in the playoffs and then reconsider at that point. That's fine. Did you mention the ad free? It's Yeah, commercial free, hour plus episodes. We Mike. tend to do like kind of deeper dives. We also do mailbags. We probably have some guests on during this playoff run because everybody will be in town, obviously. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think if you enjoy this show and you find yourself – between Friday episodes saying, yeah, well, this news broke or this interesting game happened. I'd like to hear them talk about this. We typically do Monday and Wednesday episodes at minimum exclusively for the Patreon subscribers. And then during the playoffs, we're going to be stacking those because uh, yes. you know, they're going to be fun to do, win or lose. <coughs> right. Uh, there'll be well, all kinds of stuff to be talk fun about. To do, lose, interesting but. to do, <laughs> win or lose. And so we will overreact for sure either way. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, we would like to get to 4,000 subscribers on the Patreon. 3,849 as of right this now. second. So we right. need what, 150. Yep. We need 151. Yep. So tell your friends. Yeah, it seems like or a good, try it yourself. good little round number. 
And if you've been on the fence, I can tell you that if you sign up today, first of all, you get access to the entire archive for free, which right. is hundreds of episodes, right. all the interviews we've done, all the right. old stuff we've done. Uh, and if you sign up today and you stick with us through the playoff run, the minimum is probably five bucks that you might spend. Right. The maximum it might be, I don't know, 12 bucks, 18 bucks. <laughs> yeah, but I can right. tell you, you'd be thrilled to spend those 12 or 18 bucks because <laughs> yes, exactly. that means they're in the ALCS that's, or in the World Series it, or something yeah. like that. And so, yeah, we would love to have you, uh, at least 150 of you. It's a nice round number. I mean, look, <laughs> it, here's the honest, the truth of it. 38, what are we, 38, 49, you that's just said? said? I mean, that's threefold what our sort of most optimistic oh, initial that is eightfold yeah i mean our most yeah. optimistic even it's a couple cool, years almost, ago though we right, were like yeah, if we right. can get to 2000 that'd be amazing <laughs> if we can get to 2500 so 4000 is uh, incredible and it would just you know we puff our chests out a little bit but it would also you guys have uh through this show the friday show but especially through the patreon show which is our we kind of view it as our little private club right once in a while i curse a little too often probably <laughs> than once in a while um not so much. But though. you guys have, have turned it really into something we couldn't have imagined to the point that, for me at least, it allows me to view uh, other jobs or other opportunities <laughs> in a different way. Yes, because so I can always just say to myself, well, we could just do the we can just do the podcast. That's mm -hmm. that's fun, right? Uh, so we would love to have you sign up. It's Patreon, P A T R E O N, Patreon.com slash Gleeman. Uh, sign up, join us for these uh, last nine regular season games and into the playoffs. I promise you will you will enjoy them, win or lose. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, just to, let's do a, a Royce thing, and then we'll we'll do an ad, and we'll talk okay. about some of the deeper issues. But uh, just the only reason I want to do the Royce thing up top, it's obviously on everyone's mind, but also there's only so much we can really right. offer. We'll know here. a lot more later today, right? I mean, we're hours away from finding yeah. out how bad it is, how good it is, or at least some sense of what the injury is. He got an MRI like 36 hours ago when he got back in town. Um, I haven't heard anything either way. I'm not even going to speculate because why speculate? By right. the time some people listen to this, the news will have come out, obviously. Uh, I'm assuming we'll get a chance to talk, actually talk to Royce tonight. And if not, we'll certainly talk to Nick Paparesta and get the details on the, the diagnosis. But, you know, he. Uh, the good news is, it wasn't a knee injury. <laughs> right. You know, in the moment, I was like, oh, did he just tear his ACL? And also, wasn't re injuring the groin that he had, you know, four to six oblique. Oh, absolutely oblique. Keep playing groin. Yeah, right. you, four to six weeks. You need, just in general, and this was true even Core. before this injury, you need to stop always thinking about Royce Lewis's groin. <laughs> well, I think it would really help. Fair, you. Just fair. in life, I know Christy actually wanted me to talk it to him about this. It is a pleasant thought. Oh. <laughs> You're not on the morning show, John. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. So it. And the other good news is it's the other leg. Right. And so yes. it's a it's a hamstring strain, which is not great generally. Yes. But can, even, can be a pain in the butt to come back yes. from. But even literally. if it were a hamstring on that same leg <laughs> right. where he's had the two ACLs, you'd go, well, this is just this leg right. is having difficulty. Right. Well, it's the other leg. And so the problem with hamstrings, and this is the only speculation that I'm going to offer because, like I said, it's pointless to get that far into it. But the problem with that, a soft tissue injury, which a hamstring injury is, even a very minor hamstring strain, if it's more than just a little tweak and you're fine, if it's any sort of grade fill-in-the-blank strain, right. you're looking at two or three weeks. Right. And you're looking at an IL stint. It's not – I mean, we talked about this with right. Michael Taylor right. earlier this month. It's not generally and Michael Taylor seemed like it was very mild right from the beginning. He was right. still – you know, he still put on the IL. Right. right. And especially for a guy like Royce Lewis, he's got to play third base. He's got to run. You know, you can't just – 
do like well Ed Julian has to play second base occasionally but Ed Julian's had a hamstring problem for right. several weeks and you see the impact which is he just jogs right and also his hitting hasn't been as great as it was early in the season the the other issue so even a two week injury because we're at this point of the season two weeks you're into the that's the that's the playoff right. the first round at yeah, least yeah first round of the playoffs is over in two weeks right. from today <laughs> right. right right and so that's the difficulty there I mean they're going to need a clean diagnosis for him to be in the lineup for game one of a playoff series basically they're going to need a oh it's just a very minor not even a strain just you know tweaked it is that possible sure that would be amazing. The other issue, even beyond just the first the three game series in the opening round, is if it's even just kind of a middle tier hamstring strain, that can often be three to six weeks. Right. And so then you're just that's it. His season is is over at that point. And so it sucks. I mean, obviously it sucks for the team. He's just been hugely valuable. I mean, honestly, he has an argument for being the most valuable position player in the team, even though he played fifty seven games out of one hundred sixty two right. yes. or whatever it was. Uh, but the timing of it is just brutal. I mean, we were we were talking on the last a couple of Patreons ago about how, you know, to get to the finish line healthy. And we were like, well, there's two weeks left. Let's see yes. if that even is true. <laughs> yep. It's not true. Yep. Uh, Correa also got hurt, which we'll talk about in a <laughs> right. second, or has been hurt, kind of re-aggravated uh, his plantar fasciitis. And but on the IL. The problem when you get hurt now is there's no – window to right. come back that's right any minor injury even even a, right. th- the lowest grade hamstring strain is two weeks and there's only two weeks mm-hmm. left so that's really unfortunate right. timing and then obviously last but not least is just given all that royce lewis has been through already from a health and development standpoint and for him to come back from back-to-back years ended by a torn acl which is a huge injury for a, a right. speed-based player especially then to both times come right out of the gates hot and right. look like an impact player immediately. And then the first time re-injure the ACL. Right. And then the second time he's a few weeks into looking like a star, you know, this season and he strains his oblique or as John likes to call it, his <laughs> groin and misses, you know, a month plus. And the, and guess what? That doesn't slow him down either. He right. comes back from that and he's been the, one of the best players in all baseball, you know, in the six weeks since then. Right. And then he can see the finish line of a great rookie season. He's gotten to the point where he's the number three hitter on a playoff bound team. People are going nuts for him. He's quickly becoming a huge fan favorite, which is right. absolutely rightfully so on right. and off the yes. field. And uh, he's thinking about starting a playoff game, which he's probably been dreaming of for 15, 20 years. Yep. And then boom, you just. You know, he's been playing through a heel injury unrelated to that, and he strains his hamstring, and it's all in question. I just, I mean, if, and he said this, if anybody's equipped to handle it, it's him. (laughs) Sure. Just from a mentality or positivity standpoint. I mean, I'll never forget. We talked to him after he tore his second Second ACL, ACL. and he was like, don't feel sorry for me. I've already been through this once. I know I can do it. And he's, he's right about that. But at some point, I just worry, like, will this sap the positivity out of the guy? Like, is this just... I don't know. So, again, hopefully the news will be good uh, when we hear it tonight or in a few hours. Uh, In terms of, like, what their approach would be if he's out, it gets a little tricky. I mean, you could just do something as simple as playing Willie Castro at third base, which I don't think is the end of the world. I think he's fine there defensively. I think, you know, obviously he's not going to replace Royce Lewis in terms of production offensively, but... You know, as a but the last time they lost Lewis, they relied on pa- Polanco at third base. Right? right. I'm wondering about that, particularly because Julian is still banged up, right. and I also I don't 
A, I didn't think Polanco looked that great at third. It was limited opportunities, obviously. And I don't know that they want to go into a playoff series with Julian at second and Polanco at third, especially if Correa Correa is limited at at short. Uh, That's not – I certainly would be willing to sacrifice – offense for defense to get a better infield alignment than that. Maybe. I think that's pretty I mean, bad. The, re- the real issue there is that I don't necessarily know who's going to be the DH that like who where, where our good DH bat well, is even coming we'll from. We'll talk about Buxton yeah, here yes, in a minute. Right. But yes, that's also an issue too. And so you could go with Castro at third, just say he's the starting third baseman, and that's fine. I mean, we've seen the impact Willie Castro's made offensively, defensively as a base runner, although it is nice to have him strategically as a button you can push off the bench in the middle of games right. because then you can pick and choose right you know you can pinch run him in a in a key spot you can pinch hit him for a bottom of the order guy you can use him after you pinch run or pinch hit for other people or with other people right. to then give you plenty of defensive flexibility to still trot out a good uh, good fielding alignment out there. Now, you can also just start him at third base and hope he has some big hits and plays good defense and runs when he's on base, and that's fine too. The other options there that seem obvious are, you know, Solano could play third, although Solano against lefties is already kind of slotted in at first base, most likely, uh, or Farmer could play third. Right. Farmer now for the next week or so is probably going to be playing shortstop right yes because correa has been placed on the aisle now correa seems pretty confident that he's going to be back for the playoffs in which case that would free up farmer to play third uh so yeah i mean i think you could you could go back to polanco at third with julian at second you could just play castro at third you could play farmer at third you could play solano at third those are all not horrible options but they're just not royce they're just not royce lewis and then the other option that i know people inevitably go to is what if they just called up Brooks Lee? Right. Like, what if you lose one top prospect and you just call up the next top prospect? Right. Uh, he's a top prospect, but he's not a top, top yeah. prospect that's thriving at AAA right now. Yeah, I mean, now. he's been he's, fine. He's held his own at AAA. He was right. promoted there, I don't know, a month and a half ago or something right. like that. Uh, but he's, like, hitting, I don't know, 240. Right. Drawing some walks, hitting for a little power. But it's, he's not – just on performance alone, he's not – exactly banging down the door for a promotion. Austin Martin has been much better, actually, at AAA. Uh, And Austin Martin played third base in college, but I don't know that they... Austin Martin had an arm injury also for most of the season. True, and also doesn't have a great arm to begin with. I think second and and center and left are more his his bag. So I think you would see them kind of piece together Castro, Farmer, Solano in some some order in the playoffs, which, again... That's a lot better than a lot of teams' backup plans for yes. this, in this type of situation, especially this late in the season. Although that then depletes the depth that has been so valuable to the Twins in terms of mixing and matching with in-game moves. Because if Farmer's starting at third base, you can't pinch hit Farmer against the lefty. If Castro's starting at third base, you can't bring Castro off the bench to pinch run for somebody and, and on and on. So that's where yeah. they're at with, with Royce. Uh, before we get into the other... Injury updates. <laughs> Our third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Most of which seven. are a little more positive. I think. No, not really. <laughs> no, We've got some, some people them. coming back. Uh, let's talk a little bit about places to go before the game or after the game or just any other time. Or during if it goes really bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've done that as Swap well right at this particular place. Yeah. Uh, listen, Bricksworth Beer Company is a place, I, I don't know if you know, it's not one of the places that's been around Target Field for very long, but the space has been. It's in the old Darby's where they've got that great yes. patio right along the railroad tracks there. And I have been spending a lot of time there uh, because they have got unbelievably good pizza and they're 
Bricksworth Beer Company. Like they are brewers. They are uh, the same family as Blackstack, which is known as uh, award-winning, especially with their hazy IPAs, <laughs> uh, beers. And uh, it's, you know, two blocks from Target Field. Yeah. Uh, also, just you know, burgers and pub food, but Detroit-style well, pizza, which I like a lot. The, recta- uh, the rectangular pizzas are so good that, in fact, they uh, ranked number one in Minnesota for the Detroit-style pizza category by the Washington Post. So, Just uh, Google Bricksworth, follow the signs to their patio yes. or indoor space also, uh, or... Uh, you can go to the. They have a Burnsville location. Yeah, too, if you can't make it downtown for any of the games, don't forget to watch the games at the Burnsville location. Uh, Bricksworth Beer Great. Company in North Loop in the old Darby space. Go check it out pre and, and post game for Twins games. My goodness. Uh, and then uh, Stamps dot com, which uh, here's how Stamps dot com works. Nobody likes to go to the post office. <laughs> I think even people who work at the post. I mean, more than any don't want to go to the post office. Sure, right. Uh, and I speak from experience because uh, several years ago I uh, had a book out and I had the bright idea of offering signed copies of the book. And I thought hey, – Because you received a whole bunch of free copies of your own book. Yes. Right. I sent you right. a bunch right. of boxes of it. Right. And uh, I said, well, maybe 40, 50 people will want this. And it sold, I don't know, 800 yeah. or something like yeah. that right now away. Now Aaron has a problem. Now I'm a processing <laughs> and shipping plant in my 1,000-square-foot uh, apartment. So um, – I thought, well, I don't want to live at the post office because nope. this would be every day I'd be there with 12 more books in right. line. But then I, uh, someone turned me on to stamps.com, which we are now doing to you. And it was incredibly easy. Not only can you print your own postage, but you can be more precise with the postage because as part of this deal, they will send you a little scale yeah. that you can literally weigh. So you don't have to pay extra to just slap eight stamps on or exactly whatever. You can right. get the precise postage. And then also what helped me was you can then track each individual item you are shipping so that you know when it actually gets delivered, right. which is key if you're yep. sending out uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of books or whatever. And you can, uh, you can get it with the holidays coming up. You've got a business. Now is the time to start yeah. investigating this stuff so you're ready to go. Get your business ready for the holiday rush. Get started with stamps.com today. You just sign up with the promo code GEEK. Now, usually we use the promo code GLEEMIT, but we're going to use the promo code GEEK this time for a special offer. And that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com. Click the microphone at the top of the page. You see the microphone has podcast you know and enter the code geek okay um give me some give me some positive entry news mr gleeman wow i don't know Perez's <laughs> foot didn't fall off that's <laughs> what all i got on that uh well the po- i mean the problem with the positive ones is all relievers like we can right. talk about that but i'm not gonna talk about that before yeah, that was our, that what that pre- prior to this week that was our biggest concern of yes. the team going John, but if someone who worked for Twins Daily said, we have three articles today. One is about Correa, one is about <laughs> Buxton, and one is about relief pitchers. How would you order those just, on the I'm front page? Look, I'm just looking for a little bit of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking I for a silver a little bit of sunshine. <laughs> Bend over. There's a little bit of sunshine for you. Uh, okay. Correa, we've talked about a lot. It's obvious from his performance, has been playing through plantar fasciitis in his left heel for since May, essentially. Right. I mean, basically the whole season. And he's just, especially offensively, has just never been right. I mean, he's right. never had more than like a two-week stretch where he's looked like Carlos Correa at the plate. And for a while, we famously had this discussion with Dan Hayes, when he would have 
seven good games, everyone would go, all right, here we go. Right. And it's like, well, no, there's there's no here we go here. Uh, this is a guy struggling through what people who have Debilitating this pain. often described <laughs> as like a feeling of knives in your heel, basically, when you're just walking around or whatever. And so within that, I guess I give him credit for, I mean, he's a damn Iron Man, given that. Right. Yes. He's played, uh, I think, 135 of the first 150 games or something like that. Right. Now, has that helped? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we talk about this a lot with playing through injuries, which is defensively, he's been actually, I would say, remarkably solid. Yeah, um, right. I, I think agree. of late, though, he's made two or three plays where you go, yeah, I wonder if he he makes that play if he's healthy. He almost, right. to me, looks like he's kind of attempting to field balls without just bending down straight on uh, because I'm guessing that puts more stress on the heels. Maybe. And he's kind of, tr- kind of circle balls and field them off to the side, which – when it works, no one cares, but there's been a couple of plays where, you know, that's not how they teach you to do it. I'm right. sure that's not how Carlos Correa would teach his sons to do it, but it's he's trying to do what he can. Uh, but offensively, he just it hasn't happened for him. I mean, he just hasn't even had a good month at any point this season. Obviously, he's got the 30 double plays in part because he has been not as able to elevate the ball. Right. And he's significantly slower because of this heel injury, and he wasn't fast to begin with. Right. And so, so he hits the ball hard on the ground, right. and he's slow moving to first just, base. It yeah, guaranteed double right. play every time he hits a ground ball with a guy on first base. And so the end result of his season, which is now potentially over the regular season, there's a window for him to come back for, I think, the last two games in Colorado. Okay. We'll see if they view that as important or if they just going to throw him right yeah. into the playoff right. lineup. Um, but he, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about, and I know. Some people think this seems absurd, but this again is what I've been told over and over by people who've had this and by you know medical folks is this is not an injury plantar fasciitis that goes away with weeks of rest. Typically, it's an injury that you hope goes away with months of rest, but it's a very pr- unpredictable injury. And you know, would it have been better for the twins to give him another ten days off over the course of the last three or four months? Maybe. I mean, right. yeah. we can sit here and say production-wise it wouldn't have been worse. But actually what ended up happening once they kind of quasi-clinched the division a couple of weeks ago, they did give him quite a few days off. They gave a couple of days. He sat three days in a row yeah. where yeah. he didn't pinch hit. Right. Uh, he also had a couple of other games off. They also removed him early from a couple of games. And he was saying about three hours before he re-aggravated the injury, this is as good as I felt, you know, in three months. Right. But one of the other things that people have told me throughout this about this injury is it doesn't matter how good you feel on that day unless you feel like yeah. it's gone. One twist and suddenly one, and it's yep. not even the, – the weird thing about this, and this is I think what has frustrated people who have had it, which yep. includes Baldelli, Correa. I mean there's a lot of ex- examples. The frustrating thing is there's some days you feel better than others, but it's not as if you go, this is gone. Until it's months, it's not gone. And then the other frustrating thing is it's not always – Oh, I ran really hard to first base right. and I tweaked it. Right. That can happen. But as we saw with Correa, the play that actually caused him to now go on the IL with this for the first time this season, he just kind of, you know, didn't sprint, just sort of jogged back on a ball in short left field. Right. Yeah. A, right. You know, shortstop handles 100% of the time right. and just stepped wrong or not even wrong, just stepped. And his foot just went, nope. Now you're back <laughs> to square run. <laughs> yeah, and in yeah. fact, I, I don't want to get too specific just because I don't know anything about this medically, but it sounds like he tore through uh, 
I don't know, it's not a ligament. It's like the padding or whatever, which sounds terrible. Except that's actually potentially a good thing right, yeah. with plantar fasciitis. So sometimes when you, when you get the pop of right, plantar fasciitis, it gets over. You get the full tear, right. and then it's like, all right, now we're at least through to the other side here. Right. We can – actually, I read up on it. It increases blood flow. Once there's a tear, it, inc- it increases some of the healing properties. Now, that's not going to mean that all of a sudden 10 days off are going to magically right. allow him – So, but the hope with him now – and he, of course, seems, as Dan Hayes would say, very confident <laughs> that he'll be in the playoff lineup. I do, and, and as Carlos Correa said, yes, he's very, very confident. confident. <laughs> um, but you know, he was very confident about his hitting in May, and look how that turned out. Ninety, I think he has a ninety-three OPS plus or something like that for the season. Um, but I do believe he'll be in the playoff lineup. That to me is not in question for the same reason he's played pretty much every day right. for the past four or five months. He he's proven that he is willing to and you know physically at least able to play through this the the question for me you know so he'll take the 10 days off he's on the IL right. i think that's smart there's no reason for him to play these games obviously right. yep uh and then either return for a game or two at the end in colorado or just say who cares i'll just jump right into the the game one lineup for the right. playoffs but the, i mean that's not to me the question the question is just like what version of korea are yep. we getting of course. is it just what i suspect will be at best the version of him we've gotten over the last four or five months, which is not a bad player, but not in a guy who should be batting in the middle of a lineup for a playoff team. Right. Or will it actually be even worse because he has aggravated it and this is more significant yeah. than it was a month ago? And so, or will it be better because it popped and you right. got some rest? And he got you some know, rest. I mean, know. it's impossible to know. I don't even think he knows. This is one of the more unpredictable injuries. Yep. Uh, and so, again, though, if he's not available, well, then all of a sudden you're starting Farmer at short, which means so, Farmer's right. not in the mix at third. Right. But I do think he'll be available. Now, what happens if game one he goes back on a ball and he aggravates it again? Does he come out of the game or does he just right. con- continue to try through it? So I think this is – I mean, it's been tricky all season, but it's really gotten pretty tricky now. And it's unfortunate. Again, the timing of it is not great. Uh, but – I don't know. I think, again, you would go, well, what about Brooks Lee? Well, I don't know that Brooks Lee is one of the three best shortstops on the Twins roster, even if they were to call him up defensively at right. least. Yes, right. um, I think it's unlikely. But, you know, if Royce were to be ruled out for the playoffs and Carlos Correa were to be ruled out for the playoffs and Byron Buxton were to be ruled out for the playoffs, which we're going to get then to. Then all bets are off. Then, yeah, I mean, they're going <laughs> right, to need yeah, something. Right. They're going to need Austin Martin or Brooks Lee or, or somebody. Right, right. Um, so... Yeah, that's or Trevor uh, Larnick who got called up. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a very good shortstop. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Trevor Larnick got called up just because he was on the forty-man roster, and yeah, I don't know why not. Uh, so that's the Correa situation. That is not good news. There's not sunshine for no. you. And then uh, really the next one is, is Buxton, us. who played a rehab game, restarted his rehab assignment last night with the Saints. Yep. Played DH for seven innings. I want to say. Uh, went one for four with a single and two strikeouts. One much of a single, but I'll just call it a single. <laughs> I watched it. Um, the Saints season, and so that was his first action game action since September first, right. when he left. He paused his initial rehab assignment. The Saints season ends Sunday. Sunday yeah, they got so three games left. They have three games left, and you know the Twins' mo with Buxton or just with rehabbers in general has been like. You play your first game, you take the next game off. You play your second game, maybe you try to play back to back. Well, there isn't really any room for that. Right. Like you can do that once, basically, and then yeah. Sunday he you could have today off and he plays Saturday and Sunday. Right. Right. 
Potentially. Uh, I think this is just a question that's just kind of going to very obviously answer itself, really, which is he's either able to play two of the next three games and whatever the last one of those games, if it's Sunday, he's either going to come out of that, play the full game, come out of it and say, I feel fine, or he's going to get removed from one of these games or come out of it saying, I don't feel fine, in which case the whole playoff roster discussion is a moot point. I do think if he says he's fine – and he's able to, you know, satisfy whatever they want to see physically from him during these rehab games. He will be on the playoff roster. <laughs> yeah. um, but well, well, he'll certainly be playing next week with the Twins. I would think. Like he'll be I playing. Don't know about that, I mean, he might play a couple games. Well, that's but I'm, from a I'm roster right. standpoint, they're well, they they're just, motivated to delay these decisions with a lot of these guys returning because who gets sent down? Well, We're going to get Trevor to Larnick in this case. Well. Or Royce Lewis goes on the IL. Well, right, but <laughs> then what? Okay, if Correa comes back for the last two games of the season, who gets sent down? You're getting to a spot where guys who you're going to want on the playoff roster, you're going to send them down for a day or two, right? And especially not so much with the lineup, but as we talk about in a minute here, the more sunshiny bullpen guys, they're going to run into some tricky decisions here with the no, bullpen. No, I agree with you because you're adding right. two or three arms to a bullpen. Yeah. That has already been sort of pruned a little bit yes. in terms of uh, optionable guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if Buxton plays Sunday and he's fine, I don't know that they're just going to have him not do anything until game one of a playoff. Right. But I don't think you're going to see him play that much the last you know week of the season, basically, because why are you using those bull? I mean, he can barely get through. You're just trying to kind of get him to the. I think. I think to the show basically. I, I think they want, want both him and that them to gain some confidence in his ability to actually perform in the playoff roster. Yeah, I would be. I'll be surprised if we don't see him with a lot of at bat. A fair number, like four of the, four starts in those last six games. Oh, I'll take the under on that. I mean, I'll take the under on Byron Buxton starting four of six games at any point for the rest of his life, basically. <laughs> and I think I'll do pretty well on that. I mean, if you'd have taken that bet for the last seven years, you'd be a bill. I'd be like Elon Musk money at this point. But um, second only to betting against the Twins in the playoffs in terms of <laughs> right, yeah, get-rich right, schemes. Uh, so that's where he's at. I think, you know, it, who does he push off a playoff roster – if he's on a playoff roster. Yeah. Now, it had been Stevenson, basically, except now they've designated for yeah. assignment Jordan Luplo. Right. Which I was honestly pretty surprised, surprised to see too. Yeah. because, A, he fills a role that they had just left unfilled right. until acquiring him. Right. And he's filled the role perfectly decently. Yeah. Like he's got, I don't know, seven something OPS. Right. Uh, seven hundred something OPS. He's hit lefties. Did he stay with? Did he go down to St. Paul or anything? Yeah, I know he was designated for assignment. Today will be the uh, okay. I'm assuming he won't get claimed because he's not even eligible for the playoffs. Right. Which, by the way, he could clear waivers, get sent to AAA, and then get re-added to the playoff roster if they wanted because he's in the organization. I believe that's true. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, so I was surprised to see that. And now you say, well, if Luplo's gone, ooh, Chrissy just handed me a bunch of money. Thank you, Chrissy. You still owe me like I'm ten thousand. Totally sure what this is. For. No, it's for me. Was it? Oh, the ladies got you. Thanks. Yeah, yep. that's a code word for me. I'm the. I'm the lady. <laughs> got it. Um, but now that you drop Luplo, and he's a right-handed outfield bat, right? Well, yeah. that could just be Buxton, right? Basically, that's... and you could still have Stevenson as your pinch runner extraordinaire in the playoffs. Correct. Now that requires Buxton being able to play the outfield, whether right. it's center or a corner spot. But if all you were going to use Luplo floor. 
was one pinch hit at bat against a left-handed reliever in the seventh inning of a playoff game. Buxton can attempt yes, to do that, exactly. certainly. And yep. he's a better hitter, if healthy, than yeah. Luplo. Uh, particularly now you have Michael Taylor back, which is the return that led to Luplo getting yeah. DFA'd. You have Willie Castro, who seems a lot more comfortable in center field after getting quite a few reps out there in place of Taylor over yep. the last yep. couple of weeks. Stevenson obviously can also play center field. He might right. be their second-best center fielder. So I don't know. I If Buxton makes it through the rehab and however many games, if right. any, he plays for the yep. Twins down the stretch, I do think he will be on the playoff roster. If he's physically capable, I believe he'll be on the, you know, and that means different things for him than some other people. I believe he'll be on the playoff roster, but the role he'll be in, I think, will be a lot closer to like what Jordan Luplo's role would have been right. than what you might have imagined Byron Buxton's role would have been like coming into the season or you know midway through the season. I, I think that's right. I think there'll definitely be a reduced role at best. Now, right. If Correa is out. Or Lewis is out, yes, right? Well, then all bets are off right. there because then they just got to make a lineup, That's right, and yeah. so then he maybe he's DH, Julian's at second, Polanco's at. Th- I mean, who knows Correct. at that stage? But uh, okay, so and then also in rehab, kind of rehab limbo, is Gordon and Gallo, right? Who are playing in St. Paul? I've forgotten about Gallo. But, I mean, let's just be nice and say they're not in a huge rush to get either of those guys back, necessarily. Right. Gordon could enter the fray, depending on some of these other injuries, just because he can play multiple positions and all that. Gallo, I I have a hard time seeing how or why he would be on the playoff roster, necessarily. But they're both rehabbing, so theoretically, they could be activated. I don't know what the moves would be to get them onto the active roster at that point for the last. Um, By the way, this really... We knew this already, but it's such a shame that Jose Miranda ended up having just a lost season. Right. Because he would be great at third base right now, right handed. Or he'd be the right handed portion of a first base or DH platoon. I mean, he would solve a lot of issues for them uh, if he was the guy we saw last year, not the guy we saw this year, obviously. So that's unfortunate. Uh, Okay. Now I have some sunshinier ones, theoretically. But first. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Hatch. Speaking of sunshine, <laughs> yeah, it's better to be. Here's Hatch's theory: it's better to be woken up by sunshine, even simulated. Even sunshine. if you're Aaron Cleveland, yes, who Mr. Sunshine, sunshine, they call me, <laughs> than just the beep 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 of a horrible alarm. And I think that's, that's largely true. Just to start your day, it's better than that. And so Hatch's thing is the Hatch Restore Two is your bedside sleep guide. Yes. The innovative all-in-one dream machine, they call it. That's right. Uh, it's basically, it's a, a light and alarm clock. It looks good. It kind of, it doesn't look like an alarm clock. I had, they sent us one yep. and I've, I've used it. It allows you to kind of rest. You can use it well, as yeah, a it's not just sound wake, machine, yeah, it like just white wake noise up machine. It also puts you to sleep. Right. Yeah, it it right. kind of sets the mood in the room from a light and sound perspective, which I often find helpful. And then when it comes time to wake up, if you don't like just being awoken by the worst sound in the world, right. it can kind of gradually awaken you by putting a little more light or a little more sound into the room so that you can kind of wake up naturally. Yeah, it's, not, it's not just, it's trying to make you form some healthy habits around your sleeping. Like, right. uh, it, it'll teach your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. So your body kind of gets used to that stuff. It coaches you through meditations and mindfulness exercises that transform the time before and after sleep into sort of re- getting into the restful space. And 
our listeners can get $20 off their purchase of a Hatch Restore 2, and they'll give you free shipping along with that. You go to hatch.co, not com, hatch.co slash Gleeman. You can sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore 2. Just go to hatch.co slash Gleeman. Get your $20 off. Get the free shipping. That's Hatch, H-A-T-C-H. Hatch.co slash Glenn. I know we've had a lot of people. Second sponsor is uh, a lot of people have taken us up on our offer for game time because, uh, frankly, I've heard from a lot of people, hey, I want to make sure I want to get 20 bucks off my first tickets with game time. Game time isn't like a, a, you know, a website where you're marketing tickets. It's an app. You, you, st- you download the Game Time app and you go out there and they have got tickets for the latest games, latest concerts, etc. Uh, if you were wise enough to not take advantage of this offer up to this point, you still can do so, and you can do so for this stretch run and yeah. for the playoffs. Their specialty, they say, is hard-to-find tickets, which playoff games would probably uh, qualify, and last-minute tickets. Yeah. And by last-minute, they mean like if you're walking to Target Field, right. pull up the GameTime app yes. on your phone, a yes. couple of clicks I, later... I bought them from the Bricksworth patio. Yes, you can get <laughs> tickets. And, as yeah. John mentioned... Uh, you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets, download the GameTime app on your phone, create an account, and then just use the code Gleeman. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but just you just create an account on the GameTime app. You redeem the code G-L-E-E-M-A-N, and you get $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Seems like a good thing to do if you uh, want to get down there and watch a team clinch. Sure. Maybe yeah, jump into that, that game. Would work. A good, good idea to... Save yourself twenty bucks on doing that. You can. I don't know. Will they kick you out of Target Field if the Twins lose tonight, and you're waiting for the Detroit game to go final? And I don't know. In the West Coast, I don't know what the plan is on that. Come, we'll get into the press box. You can take a nap into the press <laughs> yeah. in the press box. That's open. Um, you know, if they don't, if they don't clinch today, like if things don't work on that, they have to wait until a late night tomorrow too. Like the Twins have a game. Uh, well, they day could just, game they on could Saturday. Just win Saturday. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the true. ways to do it is to beat one of the worst teams right. in the league. You could just go ahead and do that, and you don't even have to look that's at anything is. else ever yeah. in your entire life. You don't have to think about Cleveland or Detroit ever again until right. February, March. Actually, April probably. Uh, okay, so that's the uh, position player side of the injury front, which, as we just joked about, not a lot of sunshine there. Right. There's some uncertainty that couldn't turn into sunshine, but just generally speaking, uh, you know, three of the Twins' best players are very much uh, in flux right now from Correct. a health standpoint. From the pitching side, it's a little bit sunnier, although not yet. It's just theoretically a little bit right. sunnier. Yeah. We'll get to see some people here soon. Right. But they got to actually right. perform. Yep. That's so right. Brock Stewart has, I believe, completed his rehab assignment. Actually, Stewart, Chris Paddock, and Jorge Alcala from a health standpoint, have been cleared to return, which means now it's just a baseball right. and roster decision. Right. When do we want to add them? How many of them do we want to add? Because, like I said, they're bumping people from the roster at a pretty key time right. in the season. So Stewart pitched Friday and then Tuesday for the Saints, two scoreless innings, bunch of strikeouts, throwing 97 and 99, looked very much like, like the guy Brock we Stewart. saw in the first half, who was one of the Twins' best pitchers. Ooh, that's good news. And so that would be huge. You know, how often he pitches down the stretch, who knows? I would guess it's once every two or three days. So yeah. maybe two or three appearances down the stretch because they want to not use up any bullets here, but right. they want to, you know, make sure he's he's ready to go. That would be a, a massive addition to the bullpen. Yeah. So much so that 
you know, maybe he doesn't jump back into the number one setup spot that he had held in June when he got hurt, but he could. Yeah. Uh, And at the very least, he becomes part of, you know, the core four or five guys that that you're going to use. Seelbar, Pagan, maybe Jax. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Getting from the starters to Duran, basically. Right. Chris Paddock also uh, pitched well in his last rehab outing. He topped out at like 97 or 98, I think, which is very hard for him. Uh, <laughs> right? I don't mean difficult. I just mean like that's very fast for him. Yes. Uh, 95 would have been pretty good. But he did tell us when he first came back a couple weeks ago, he was at Target Field. He's like, I'm, I honestly, I know this is a cliche. I'm throwing harder than ever. I feel better than ever. I'm like, okay, let's see yeah. it. Well, we saw it. I think he referred to something like 97 mile yes. per hour fastball. And we we're all like, yeah. Really? <laughs> what gun so is that? Yeah. I think the role, I mean, he's going to be activated too. I don't know. I mean, honestly, these could be as soon as tonight, some of these activations yeah, right. on the pitching side. Um, I suspect he will be used more kind of like Louis Varland is going to be used, which is the first guy out of the pen for more than three outs usually. Right. So starter leaves after five or before that, obviously. You know, Brock Stewart is going to be used for one inning late in the game. Paddock and Louis Varland are, I guess, closer to like long relievers than setup men in terms of usage, but they're not like three to five inning guys. They're more like you come in after five, you pitch the sixth and into the seventh, or maybe right. the sixth and the seventh, and then you hand it over to the Stewarts and the Pagans and the Theobars of the world. I think that's the role they would envision for, for Paddock here. Um, which means you might only see him twice down the stretch because right. he's going to need a little extra time off. He's also 16 months removed from his second Tommy John surgery. So, again, expectations right. here need to be held in check, even if the velocity looked good on the rehab. But that could be a very impactful move. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Like, we're, we're so focused on playoffs, rightfully so, having him and Varlin available to kind of bridge the gap from an early starter exit yep. or just a normalish starter exit to the setup guys could be huge. We've seen in past playoffs when those guys are Cody right. Stashak yep. or when those guys are, I don't want to rip yeah. anybody, but it, the game can be lost before yeah. it's even. I mean, it's it's not uncommon that a even a really good starter gets into the meat grinder of a play. You know, you're facing the Astros lineup. And you're throwing 20 pitches an inning, 20, 25 pitches an inning to kind of get through this, to right. wind your way through Just something. Just to get like through that. four or five. Yeah, is. you get through four innings and you're at 85, 90 pitches and you're like, and you're facing the lineup a third time. It's like, kind of like to have somebody else in right. for this. And I think now they've got, they might have at least one option in Varland yeah. and potentially a second option in Paddock. That's, uh, and not to mention, you know, maybe Maeda, maybe right. <laughs> you know, right. somebody like that. But then the other Ryan. thing with, with Paddock is, you know, they've signed him to a long-term extension, and with Gray and Maeda right. free agents, yeah. he's certainly at, at the very least penciled into next year's rotation. Yep. And, you know, him finishing on a high note, maybe having a playoff appearance or two that where he looks good, he can go into a full offseason and then kind of try to ramp up. I suspect he'd be at some kind of innings limit for next sure. year, obviously. But that's huge, too, just what twins fans haven't really gotten a good look at no, Chris Paddock. No. Like he made five starts. He actually looked he pretty really good. good at those five. Starts. But it, yeah, it right. was so short lived. Um, right. But Chris Paddock went healthy. Now the problem is when healthy has been few and far between for Chris Paddock in his career. Right. But Chris Paddock when healthy is certainly a middle of the rotation caliber pitcher right. yeah. with the potential to potentially, you know, potential to potentially be more. Yeah. It's not a good, uh, it's yeah. not good phrasing. Uh, and then the last guy is uh, Jorge Alcala, who was uh, 97, I think in his last rehab, it's possible he gets activated. I just think he would be third 
on the pecking order, not because of health, but just because of right. they have less trust in even if he is healthy than those other two guys. Like even a healthy Jorge Alcala might not have been in a late inning mix. Right. And he's more of a one inning guy too, obviously. Uh, they've bumped Bailey Ober back into the rotation by now this is the third flip flop between these two pitchers, <laughs> yes. Ober and Dallas Keiko. Yep. Now Ober is back in the rotation. Keiko is in the bullpen. Right. And, you know, there's still time for another three, four or five flips between these two. But I'm curious where this goes to because I think if you activate Stewart and Paddock, who are you, and maybe Alcala, but certainly Stewart and Paddock, who are you dropping from the active roster? Here are the possibilities. You tell I've me. Got, I've got three possibilities. Let's okay. see what you think. And I've got I got my top two. Dylan so Floro. Can, yep. I think that's one of them. Josh Winder. And that's, I don't I mean. I think that's number two. With Winder, you'd just be optioning him back right. to the minors. That's right. Uh, Funderburk. Although yes. I think they like Funderburk, and he's pitched well other right. than that one game against Cleveland here. Yeah. Uh, and if you want a second lefty in the, in the uh, playoffs, he's it. Right. Or Keuchel. Right. Like, right. what purpose is Keiko serving if he's not going to be on the playoff roster, other than just veteran presence, obviously? Now, you can't option him to the minors. You're just yes. releasing him, and that might be it for his career. But, you know, Keiko has filled the role in that he, I think they are four and two in his starts or something like that. Sure. I mean, some of that's based on run support and everything. Sure. But I feel like we were largely right about Keiko in that he is. Sort of cooked. Yeah, he's got a five and a half fourth ERA, or fifth starter. I mean, right. maybe fifth. <laughs> he's got an ERA near, right. near six. He right. has, you know, I think he had eighteen strikeouts and fourteen walks. But the variance of his performance sort of hid that for a little bit yeah. or pushed that to the back burner right. because overall he's got an ERA near six. You would go, well, that's about what we expected. He's cooked, except. Out of his whatever seven or eight appearances, yeah, I was say, I mean, two of them have been amazing, yeah. and they happen to come at right and, and, at times and, and, and when he, really like two of them have been awful. Like one, the one in Philadelphia was just absolute horse crap. Like and it's, and bouncing back from that, right. it's going to be a hard to impact on your ERA. Well, yeah, he right. also had two bad ones here. Okay, the most recent start that got him bumped wasn't good. I mean, yes, he didn't get rocked right. uh, more than a couple of times, but. You know, he's got a 575 ERA or whatever. I'm going to tell you most of the starts didn't go that well. But And so I can't imagine him – I can't imagine the Twins using him in a playoff game, even as a reliever. I would certainly – if you want a second lefty and you actually want that lefty not just to be a break glass in case of emergency long reliever, which we've discussed, I don't think has that much value in the playoffs. If you actually want it to be someone who might be called upon to get a key left-handed batter out in the sixth inning, let's say, right. Funderburk to me is an easy choice. I'm not like some huge Cody Funderburk supporter or anything, but I just think he has a much better shot from a stuff perspective than Keiko. And so I would say if you're in a roster crunch here, and you're talking about ditching guys and saying yeah. goodbye to Floro and all this stuff. I mean, I would have no f- problem cutting Floro either. <laughs> but um, you might need three spots if you're going to activate yeah. Alcala. Yeah, that's true. And so I just – I think Keiko has has done the job they needed him to do. It hasn't always been pretty, but he's gotten through it. He's filled the space that they needed to be filled, but they don't need a space filler anymore yeah. really. And so I wonder if that's – could be. The I wonder. I mean, I think – to me, I don't know that you necessarily have to make room for Alcala. I just I well, don't know I what you've got there, right? So, so the two spots I think are Floro and Winder. Right. I think Winder's a no-brainer because you keep him in the organization. I think sure. For, I, to me, Floro's also a no-brainer, but I'm not sure that 
they necessarily feel that way right. because they're so hesitant to right. to give up on an asset that they potentially could use at some point. I don't see that asset being any better than the guys that are you know, available to oh. to replace him right now. Right. And so then if you do need a third person, yeah, if there's a question of Funderburg versus Keichel. I mean, honestly, you could, do, you could do Ober too. Well, you could. Potentially. You now, could. the timing of it gets a little tricky. You'd have to figure out what you want to do with that. Right. But um, Okay. So that's where we're at. That wasn't a ton of sunshine. It could be sunshine. But we got to right. see. I mean, yeah. it's one Listen, th- of things that we're going to watch in the last meaningless week. Yes. How the how the bullpen usage is done, yeah. and how the bullpen actually performs is something I'm going to pay a lot of attention to. Right. Like that's that is literally two weeks ago that was our biggest concern. Now I think we've got bigger concerns now. Yeah, <laughs> you know that always but, happens, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know, potentially, like potentially, this is a much deeper and much better bullpen than we were. Afraid right. we had when Jax was blowing up back in the early September. Well, I mean, here's the reality. It has to be. Right. Because if it's not, right. they're not going anywhere. Right. And if Stewart is not himself or gets re-injured or Paddock is not able to fill a role yep. and Louis Varlin looks the part of an overmatched rookie or something right. like that. Yes. And, you know, all of a sudden it's the eighth inning and Emilio Pagan's out there. Yeah. And if that doesn't go well or if Jax is second half struck, like – it's funny how, how how long we've had this conversation about how each we can go through each of the bullpen yeah. guys and go big pivot. You know that this guy the, there's a wide variance yes. on what we can expect on this. We've been doing it since February fifteenth. Yes, right? and I mean they. I wrote this at the time of the uh, of the trade deadline, which they did nothing to address the bullpen. They did nothing at the trade deadline period other than the floral move, you know, ten days earlier or whatever. But they specifically did nothing to address the bullpen. And I, my headline at the time was. Basically, that's fine. I, I disagree with that. I think right. that's the, a mistake. I think you agreed with me that it was a mistake. But okay, that's what you've chosen. There's nowhere to hide now if this bullpen is part of the problem in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm like, with you. Yep. You know, obviously, if Duran blows a save or something, that's different. But if the setup caliber guys struggle here in the playoffs, there's nowhere to hide from that. All right, so there's a good place to end it. Nice cliffhanger. <laughs> Will the bullpen yeah. be good or horrible? That's right. Uh, thank you to let's see, Bricksworth, Bricks- Game Time, yep. Stamps.com, and Hatch and Hatch. Yeah, for your good night's sleep. Thank you to all you guys for listening all season. Check and out the Patreon.com. Consider P A T R E O N Patreon.com slash Gleeman. We would love to have you join us. For the stretch run and the playoffs, we think you will enjoy it. If you've made it this far into this episode, I can tell you certainly you will enjoy the Patreon episodes and it'll push us to 4,000. I would also say celebrate this weekend. If if the Twins end up clinching this weekend, go ahead and celebrate. I saw some people, you know, a little crabby odds. How big of a thing is it to win this division, et cetera? How about about you just, uh, again, let a little sunshine into your life. Go enjoy yourself on the clinch. I mean, I'm the biggest crabbiest person of all time. But even I'm have yourself to, a toast or something. Jump right. up and down with your kids. <laughs> Go have fun. Yeah, feel free to celebrate things you accomplish in life. It's okay. It doesn't make you like a bad That's person. Right. Or anything. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so if you join the Patreon, we'll see you Monday morning. Yep. If you don't join the Patreon, we'll see you back here Friday. That's right. You'll, you'll just miss so much. But <laughs> that's, the, that's the price you don't pay. <laughs> see you again. Bye.